one of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning, and welcome to everyone who is with us today. (laughs) In southern Ontario today, we woke up to what occurred to me is Christmas card weather. The trees are covered with frost. It is beautiful, and that is some consolation to those of us who aren't really loving this extremely cold weather that we're having in southern Ontario. Uh, I have two guests today from Community Living Cambridge. Um, there has been a change in the representatives from the names that we advertised for this show. And I'm extremely pleased to have uh, Mary Dukewitz and Krista Moni here to tell us about the work of Community Living Cambridge. Mary uh, Dukewitz is the manager of Community Networks at Community Living Cambridge, overseeing three departments serving 125 individuals with a focus on employment, volunteering, and community engagement. She's been with the agency for over 30 years and has been involved in a number of startup projects and programs during this time. Krista Monet is the manager of the Job Track program at Community Living Cambridge. Job Track supports people with any type of disability related barriers to employment in the Waterloo region to find and maintain employment. Krista has worked for over 20 years at Community Living Cambridge in a variety of positions in both residential and community participation support programs. Welcome, Mary and Krista. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. How are you enjoying this lovely cold morning? Well, I actually love it. Absolutely love it. Love all the flakes on the trees. It looks beautiful. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it is it is very beautiful. It is very beautiful, but um and of course the, you know, the sun is shining and uh, we're we're happy for all of that. But um yeah, it is still weather for your mitts and your gloves and and all of that for sure. But it is beautiful outside today. It is beautiful, yeah. Um, So we're going to talk about the work that each of you do at Community Living Cambridge. Um, But could you tell us um, first just a little about, you know, the mission and the overall um, work that Community Living Cambridge is involved in? Um, Community Living Cambridge is uh, a nonprofit agency in Cambridge, Ontario, And we've actually been a part of this community for over 60 years. Uh, We just celebrated our 60th anniversary last year as a part of this um, amazing community. And what we do is we provide supports for individuals with developmental disabilities in a multitude of ways, including residential supports. We do offer recreation programs, obviously employment and volunteer opportunities. And um, we have a number of residential programs in the community that are situated in the different neighborhoods that allow people to live integrated in in the communities that they belong in. That's great. So um, what kinds of challenges do people with developmental delays face within the community? Well, Lynn, I think um, there's quite a bit that relates similarly to individuals who may have um, other things that other individuals consider to be a disability. So it's not that 
we experience something different than other population groups, but rather um, we're all part of the same sort of um, expectation community. So to put that in a different way, um, things like um, accepting the fact that the individuals that we work with are capable of you know, having a job, volunteering in the community, making friendships that last and have something um, to offer within those friendships, um, having things that are wonderful and new to them that they can share with other people, um, really making a contribution community. So I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest challenge is just seeing the individuals that we support as equals within society. Okay, okay. Because we we all want to make a contribution. That's you know that's part of the. Um, you know that's part of the theme of the show is that we all want to see um see our contribution in the in the community so you know it, it it's no different i'm sure for the clients that you serve they want to see themselves making a contribution yeah and and actually lynn um that's what we're all about um agencies like ours um a lot of them you know, with the name community living at the front of them, not all of them, but there are a lot that say community living. We're all here for the same purpose. We're here to um, facilitate sort of in the background, being more sort of, you know, in the shadows as opposed to up front and center to help um, our citizens to be a part of what the community has to offer and, and helping them to be all that they can be within the community. Okay, so so a lot of it is about community, which that's that's an uh, that's a really um, excellent theme as well. Now, both of you have been involved with Community Living Cambridge for um, you know a considerable length of time thirty years, twenty years. Um, would you? We're only twenty five, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, an accomplished 25-year-olds, for sure. Um, so have you seen a lot of change in in the kind of support that Community Living Cambridge uh, provides for people over that time? Um, absolutely, Lynn. I think um, the whole service sector has changed over the years. For me, I started off as um, learning about Community Living Cambridge as a parent of a child with a disability and then kind of ended up working part-time, and then it kind of grew into what I is what is now my career. And uh -huh. I think the changes that we've made, certainly over the last even 20 years that I've been involved, are huge. At one point, I think we took a much more directive role with our um, citizens in kind of leading them into the choices that they needed to make to have a full life. And as mm -hmm. Mary, our role now is much more behind the scenes. It's a much more supportive role in um, assisting people to make good choices, but also giving them options and allowing them that autonomy as uh, right-bearing citizens to have those choices and live a full life. So in addition to the things that um, Mary has mentioned already, like employment and being able to have um, good friendships, we have a number of people in our support system who actually have, uh, who are married. We have a couple who are getting married this year. They live out in the community. They have apartments just like you and I. They pay their bills. Um, so their life is in many ways um, no different than um, the rest of us. It's just they need a little additional support from our agency to achieve those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, that that's ideal because, again, we said that's what we all want um, is to be able to contribute to the community. But that's what the community needs, too. 
right? It, it's good for it's good for the community to have that um, to have their totally. involvement and as well. Um, then I so just what is, sure. Sorry, go ahead. Go I was ahead. going to share. I think <clears throat> over time the community has become more aware of mm-hmm. um, individuals with disabilities, and it always surprises me the reactions that we get. Um, it surprises me when I hear about or you know witness for myself the positive ones, but it still surprises me when I witness the ones that aren't so positive. Mm-hmm. And really, I think the only difference is um, the ability to connect with people who have a disability. I think once they're in contact with somebody or they've befriended somebody or they've worked beside somebody who has a disability, their, their impressions, their opinions, um, everything sort of changes. It changes to the good in most mm-hmm. situations. I mean, obviously, like anybody else, we have our goods and our bads, um, but for the most part, we see things changing within the community in terms of how they perceive people with disabilities. I mean, we have a long way to go, certainly, but I think we've come a long way. So would would you say it's it's safe to to say that people in the community don't really get an understanding until they have that, that contact and connection? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you hit it right on the head of the nail. For us, it's very similar, and, and I know your topic um, was anti-bullying, and mm-hmm. um, it, it sort of falls in line with that, in that um, anybody who's different mm-hmm. is treated as different, as opposed to we all have differences, and isn't that wonderful? You know, we mm-hmm. all have something that we can contribute, and I think that sort of feeds into that whole um, idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's that's interesting that you said our differences um, help us to be able to contribute because I've never really thought of it that way. Um, you know, often on the show we've talked about, you know, how people are the same, um, you know, in different parts of the world, and um, you know, we we are uh, we have as individuals we have more things in common with with. Um, with other people than than really what our differences are when when you really start to look at them. So, um, and Lynn, that is absolutely true. I think we do have a lot of commonalities. The difference with some of the folks that we support is that because of their developmental disability, they don't have an opportunity to participate or access the community or have the same type of um, relationships that you and I would have. They automatically get labeled with a disability before anything else. So instead of being mm-hmm. Uh, just Krista, they become Krista who has a developmental disability. And with the, with that label, all the perceptions change and all the reactions of the community change. So our goal really is to have people understand that the folks that we support are no different than anyone else. Um, they have the good and the bad, just like you and I have. But really it's about getting to know the persons. It's about the relationships. And it's about the ability to see someone as a whole being versus somebody with a label. Mhm. Mhm. Um, so, would that be the 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 main misperception that you see in the community? Um, I would believe so. I think there's a lot of stigmatism that still goes al- goes along with the label of a disability. 
and especially mm-hmm. with a developmental disability, um, our society as a whole has not been kind to people with developmental disabilities over the years. There's an automatic perception that if you have a developmental disability, that it implies that you have no abilities, no skills, and certainly no mm. gifts with people in your life. So um, we're trying to correct that. Um, mm-hmm. I think we all probably could think of people in our lives who don't have that label, who maybe mm-hmm. have um, areas in their life where they're not so stellar. But yet, because they don't have a label, we tend to just treat them as, you know, Uncle Joe or whatever. But for the clients that we have, they don't have Mm -hmm. that luxury of just being them. They get stigmatized with the label, and once that label gets attached to them, community treats them differently. So I think Mary is is absolutely right in saying that some of those perceptions are changing, and we're trying to do that by making relationships one-on-one, whether Mm -hmm. it's facilitating friendships and relationships for the individuals that we support or whether it's in the work that in our programs that we do with connecting with employers and agencies in the community to make some partnerships to raise that understanding level. Okay. So what I'm hearing so far from you is that, you know, one of your main messages um, today is is to look beyond the disability. Yes, I would say okay. so. You know, I would even say, Lynn, don't look beyond the disability. Just get rid of the disability. I mean, Uh for me, it's sort of frustrating when um, we talk about, you know, everybody with this disability. Well, you know what? I have disabilities, too. And Lord Mm -hmm. knows people point them out to me. But I don't Mm -hmm. have, like, a stamp attached to me that says, I have this disability. So when I make a mistake, people give me the benefit of the doubt because there Uh is no attachment to anything of a disability. However, if an individual that we're providing supports to, you know, for example, in the workplace, does something that, you know, really isn't what they should be doing, similarly to Mm -hmm. me doing something that I shouldn't be doing, the attachment to the disability makes that the go-to. Oh, Mm. yes, that's because he has a disability. Well, maybe not. Maybe he was thinking about something else or he didn't quite understand it or he did it the way he thought he was supposed to and mm-hmm. really all it's about it's not that he's developmentally challenged you know and, right. and that's something to really consider Mhm. Mm-hmm. yes well thank you for that clarification uh, we're going to take this opportunity just to have a little break and um, and go to our commercial break and we'll hear more about this when we come back there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. 
Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Today we're talking with representatives from Community Living Cambridge. Um, so we're, we're looking at, um, you know, the term disability is almost the problem is, is sort of what I'm, I, I'm getting. And do you find that some people just have the ability to, uh, to naturally see the things that they have in common with other people rather than to see the difference? Or is this something that, that we all just need to learn to do? Um, Lynn, I think I think there are people who are able to see individuals for who they are, not people with developmental disabilities or mental health disorders. Um, I think the key there is that people who can do that are able to see the relationship, are able to see the one-on-one -on -one relationship that they can have with another human being. And the moment you start getting to know someone on that level, then it's not about their race or religion or disability or their abilities or, or challenges. It's really about that individual person. So, yes, I do think there are people who can do that naturally. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we all have it in us to do that. But I think maybe in the past we haven't been so much encouraged to do that. And that's part of the work that we're trying to do is to right. encourage people to see people for one-on-one. -on -one. Do you know mm -hmm. one thing, Lynn, that I, I oftentimes um, smile about is my son. My son is in grade three, and he just cares about playing and talking and socializing. That's his life. Um, he right. goes to school to do that. And he has a few friends that, you know, in our adult world have disabilities. Mm -hmm. But when he talks about them, he, he doesn't, he, that, he, that doesn't even enter into his conversation or his mind. Um, he, mm. He's not at a point where society has taught him what we consider to be artificially acceptable. So mm. at his age, he's still naive to that influence. And he loves playing with kids who have a disability as much as he does with anybody who doesn't have a disability. He doesn't recognize the difference. And if we could somehow, as a society, go back to who we were as children and just look at people for who they are. I want to play with him. I want to see what's interesting about him. He has Lego. I mean, they would have Lego when they're older, but, you know, but yeah. they might have Star Wars statues, you know, and it's something right. that's interest to them, past the disability, right. pa back to when they really enjoyed each other's company and there were, was uh -huh. no stigma. That's, that's the world that we were in, and that's the world, I think, if we could somehow help people to get back to. So, yeah, there are people who naturally do that, and there are right. people who have been, you know, controlled, in, in a sense, by society's expectations to not see the real value that was always mm -hmm. there in people. And, and that's what we do. We try to show people who we work with in right. ways that they should be able to go back to and pull from memory and say, yeah, I get this, I, I get why this person is so unique and, you know, it's good to be different. It's great to have different ideas. It's great to, mm -hmm. you know, talk about things that really aren't of interest to me right now, but, wow, yeah. I think I would be interested in that. 
Yeah. So yeah. So what? So what I'm hearing is it's uh, it's just a, it's as much a matter of us unlearning some things as it is learning something. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. Lynn. Yeah. 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 That's a very good point. So when we talk about um, a person with a disability in the workplace, what's the biggest challenge there? Um, Lynn, I think it'd be very similar to some of the things that we've already discussed. It's really, again, um, centers around the perceptions or the preconceived ideas that people have of someone with a disability. So again, like Mary said, um, you know, if I were to make a mistake in the workplace, it's because I'm either having a bad day or I simply made a mistake or I didn't understand. But for somebody mm-hmm. with a disability, it all goes back and centers around the issue of the disability, that it's not just because they were they made a mistake, like we all often do, but because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a direct result of the fact that they have a developmental disability. So for us, when we're working with our um, staff teams and supporting our folks in the workplace, a lot of the work is to support the individual to learn the job, but it's also to do some education for the um, other staff in the workplace or employers to have them understand that they are not defined by their disability, that there are certain things that we're asking for accommodations possibly because of that, but that's not just because of the disability that they may have a slightly longer time learning or that they may make a mistake. So again, it all goes Mm -hmm. back to the preconceived ideas that the community or the employer has. And and I would think, you know, just, just one thing as an example is we all have um a different uh level of being able to communicate with other people in the in the workplace right we we are all different that way in how well we communicate with the people that we work with um and you know and you know how a manager explains something to one person doesn't isn't necessarily the best way to explain it to the next person that they're training exactly exactly and then you you've actually um capture that. That is exactly um, the point that we're making, is that everybody in the workplace has different strengths and different um, areas where they may have more of a challenge. And most employers, when they're working with their normal staff teams, they hopefully would have the people skills to be able to identify those uh, subtleties and be able to adapt their teaching style and their communication style to that. But it's simply based on the fact that Mary is not the same as Krista, is not the same as Lynn. Whereas Mm -hmm. when it's somebody that we support with a disability, it's not because of the differences in individual human beings, it's because of their label again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So why should an employer hire someone with a disability? Well, um, that's pretty much what it all comes down to, that one question that you're asking. What is it of benefit to an employer to hire somebody with a disability? And so the answer to that is there's definitely a lot of positives that I would say the majority of people in the community don't really know or understand how it's even possible. But if you look at the statistics um, and you look at studies that have been done, um, if you look at individuals with disabilities who are hired, uh, and we're talking specifically about people with developmental challenges, which is what we um for the most part, work mm-hmm. with, they're far more committed. So they're more committed to what the company is all about, about doing a good job. Um, studies also show that they have a low absenteeism. 
they will go to work when they're not feeling well. And now, this is obviously, you know, it's a generalized statement. There are always those exceptions. But overall, um, when we look at the percentages, the absenteeism rates are lower. Mm-hmm. If we look mm-hmm. at um, productivity over a longer period of time, they are higher. And mm-hmm. reasons being are, you know, it goes down to the individuals that we support, the ones that are looking for import, employment, really want to be employed. They really okay. want to be um, connected to a company. They really want to have money coming in so that they can, you know, um, spend it in ways that, you know, they've dreamed about buying a TV or um, going on a trip and really don't have the ability to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but uh, the majority of people that we provide services to are on a, uh, Ontario Disabilities um, Support Program pension. And mm-hmm. that's not a lot of money coming into their pockets every month. Right. So their desire is to have the things that, you know, other people have. And right. there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think it's no. a great motivator for, for all of us. Some of us come to work because we want to go on a trip to Cuba and we don't have the money. And yeah, it, for sure. You know, and so their motivation um, is sincere, and sincere mm-hmm. in that they, they want to make money, they want to have a life. But also, I think, um, in terms of relationships, oh, I sure. think, um, having done this for 30 years, um, yep. I see a lot of the individuals who are wanting to connect with volunteer sites, um, wanting to connect with employment sites. They're the individuals who really want to have co-workers who are their friends. They right. want that relationship. And work provides that relationship building for a lot of us. And um, for the individuals that we serve, that really is something that they look forward to. So when you know you're coming to a place where you want to be and you love working there, you're more likely to have a lower absenteeism rate. You're more likely to be more productive. You're likely to you know, take things on with a bit of a, a positive spirit more so. Mm-hmm. Th- those mm-hmm. are the advantages that employers sometimes don't see. They don't mm-hmm. see how somebody with a disability could really increase their bottom line. And, and it's are there... our job as job coaches, employment specialists, to help mm-hmm. individuals who have companies to say, yes, this is something that would work to my advantage. Yes. Um, yeah, certainly the the relationships at work, I, I think, is a is a good motivation. I mean, the people that we at work are the ones we spend the most time with. You know, so, you know, for most of us, um, you know, a lot of our friends are at work. So, you know, that absolutely makes sense. Are there times when, um, you know, someone with a disability may be, um, may have more of the aptitude to do, say, a repetitive job or, like, are there are there places that, you know, you just see, well, this is just a perfect fit for this person? Yes. There are places that um, we look for that definitely focus on repetitive work. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that's one of the other misperceptions that we as community have of the individuals we serve. Um, A large percentage, um, you know, 60%, do enjoy the repetitive work 
mm-hmm. um, kind of like I enjoy my repetitive work in, within my job. Um, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of individuals that enjoy variety. Mm-hmm. And if you look mm-hmm. at a lot of our jobs, our jobs are routine, but there is variety within that routine. And mm-hmm. similarly, the individuals that we support want that also Um a lot of them are not looking for the job where they, you know, it's a three-step routine. They're looking mm-hmm. for something where they can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, where there is an overall routine, but right. it's not a, a an ongoing, simple, repetitive job. And, mm-hmm. you know, we spend a lot of time with employers saying, yeah, you know, um, they might not be able to do that, but you know what, they could probably do that part Mm -hmm. of the job and oh well I never thought about that I just thought I'd get them to do this this and this yeah well you know what Mm, that might be a little too boring a little too routine okay because just like you and I come to a job and we want to have variety Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. that desire within any human being really to have that same desire so I, I think that that is something that we really work hard to have employers understand that there is variety within routine and to focus yes. also on the variety as a good balance for anybody they employ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. You know what? The time is just speeding past. It's time to go for a break again. And um, after the break, we'll want to learn more about the specific programs and and um, and those are all working. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Len focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Today I'm talking with Mary and Krista from Community Living Cambridge. Um, so now what specific programs um, do you offer uh, through the organization? Um, Lynn, we offer a number of different programs. Uh, our employment services, which includes also the volunteer aspect, has been around for many years. Um, for me, Specifically, my program is called Job Track. So we are a part of Community Living Cambridge, and some of the work we do is um, the same. We do support individuals with developmental disabilities who are looking for employment um, out in the community. But the scope of my program is a little bit wider in that we're not limited to people with developmental disabilities. We support anybody with any type of a disability-related barrier to employment, 
okay. to access jobs in the Waterloo region. So the scope of the people that we support is a little bit bigger because it's all disabilities versus just developmental, but also mm-hmm. our catchment geographic area is a little bit bigger. We support people in all of Waterloo re- region versus just the city of Cambridge. Okay. And within um, then what we do within supported employment services, we're we're slightly different. I think the track that we're on is a little um, slower paced, a little more supportive. Um, okay. There are different opportunities within what we do. We provide services on a number of different levels. So, for example, let me give you an example of something that um, might be typical. If you have an individual who comes to us. Uh, upon graduating. So they would come with a few co-ops, they may have a paper route, um, they may have some of the understanding of what makes a good employee. And we may start them out, you know, in a volunteer placement. They, mm. you know, they learn in a volunteer placement how to understand what an employer wants. They would have expectations put on them. Um, they would be working towards the next level. And the next level would be training. So they would come into training and we would have a training curriculum for them in their area identified as what they would like to do and what they're best suited to do. That training curriculum might last six months, it might last a year. Uh, Most of them last uh, six months and the ones that um, require more support would go up to a year. From that point, they would then enter an employment site. So they would be involved in the interviewing, they would be involved in the job search itself, they would be involved in the resume writing, um, mm. learning how to present themselves. All of that is available to them, uh, whether it's one-to-one with their job co- coach or whether it's within a classroom setting. Mm-hmm. So th- those opportunities are all there. And all those opportunities then help them to become successful within the workplace. And when they do get to the workplace, they are supported by a job coach. And the job coach is the one, it's their go-to. It's their coach. It's exactly what it's meant to be. It's somebody who coaches them to be the best that they can on the job. So within our program, that would mean um, a lot of support up front a lot of support with integrating into um, the workforce within that company, training, um, even something as simple as learning the bus route to get to the job. Um, what mm-hmm. time do I have lunch? When do I leave? Who do I talk to when I have a problem? Mm-hmm. Those are things that the job coach then works out with them. So so the amount of support that we can provide is, is a little more than um, – would happen within the job track program where those individuals are almost ready for employment, if not, I'd say absolutely have been employed and are looking for employment immediately. So there's a bit Mm -hmm. of a difference in the amount of support in the timelines. One thing, um, Lynn, that I wanted to add about the uh, job track program is that now that Mary has kind of explained the, the model that by which we deliver service in terms of supporting someone entering into a volunteer or an employment uh, situation. JobTrack is very similar as well in that we also have job coaches who are assigned one-on-one with the individual. Um, 
again, with the very active on-site job coaching if necessary. But for us, because some of our folks are much more ready to enter into the employment market, um, sometimes they don't need that pre-employment mm-hmm. as much, but they will need a lot of behind-the-scenes support from the job coach to maintain that job. Again, for us, um, anybody that we support has to have a disability-related barrier to employment, and mm-hmm. some of those could be developmental disabilities, it could be learning disabilities. We work with a lot of people we have uh, who have mental health diagnoses, and mm-hmm. there are some combinations of those. So somebody could come with not just one disability, but a multitude of disabilities, um, including physical limitations, and our job is to get to know our person well enough that we can learn their gifts and their strengths mm-hmm. and their skills also keeping in mind what their past employment experience is like and to be able to correctly identify what a good fit job would be for them. At that point, then the job coach needs to go out and secure a position that is the best fit for our our person out in the community and then help them get the job and then help them maintain it, sometimes for as long as three years. So we have a lot of people that we've worked with in the Job Track program who've been employed for over 10 years in the exact same job that we placed them in um, all those years ago. So mm-hmm. it's a program that has a lot of value, but does really stem from some of the work that Mary has done in the programs that she has run uh, through Supported Employment Services. So the model is very similar, but it's just a different opportunity for a different group of people to access supports as well. Right. What What occurs to me with, with what you've described is how individualized it is that you know you have to you're designing the support it's not like here's the program and everybody does the same thing so um you know i see that as a wonderful thing but also it must be somewhat challenging to um to do this assessment and and really hone in on on what each individual needs um it is. Um, I think it takes a certain amount of uh, skill set for the job coaches to really be for able sure. to get to know the person one-on-one. Sometimes the conversations that we have through the process of getting to know someone are not always um, easy. Uh, we're asking people to think about uh, past employment experiences, which more often than not have been negative, because if they were positive, chances are they would still be working and wouldn't be in a situation of looking for a new position. So we're asking the folks that we support to really be honest about what they've done, what they've liked, what that did, what they didn't like, and also what didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Using that information, it, can, it helps us to kind of develop an idea of what the right fit job is and then try to go out and secure something that as closely meets that criteria as possible. It is difficult, but that is time well spent because without mm-hmm. knowing the person you're supporting, it's really difficult to place them in a right fit job, but also it's difficult to then support them in that because it is obviously, as you, I'm sure you can surmise, it's a relationship that requires a lot of mutual respect and mutual trust between the job coach and the participant. Right. Lynn, if I could just jump on that question and add to it. Sure. For the individuals that my programs support, uh, and to that end, all the programs that are supported through Community Living Cambridge, our assessment process is different. Um, The individuals that would come directly to the agency for long-term support would be referred from a different source than the individuals that would be accessing Krista's program, JobTrack. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for our individuals, they already come with an assessment package okay. completed. Okay. Um, there are hours and hours spent on this assessment package to right. with the family, with themselves, um, with any support staff that they may have, um, and they they are very detailed and they give us a good picture of the individual and what their desires are and what skills they come with to the mm-hmm. program. So we have a bit of a head start to say, yes, this this okay. is something that we can keep going on. Right. Um, we also have the ability um, within Supported Employment Services. And also, I must say, um, there is another program that we have called Community Connections. And it specifically works with individuals that are coming out of the school system. So the younger individuals that we would support who are not as experienced. Typical um, of somebody who, you know, wants a job right now, I'm just graduated and I want to work. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that, but I do want to do this and I do want to do that. You know, you, you're your new mm-hmm. student grad, um, yep. typical of any high school graduation oh, for sure. um, class. And so we work with them, and we have the opportunity, which um, is different than the job track situation, that we're a lot, we can put them in a work sample, which mm-hmm. is a trial, a job trial. Um, and we can determine on an individualized basis what that would look like. So, for example, if somebody um, is wanting to work in retail, um, we might um, have them placed in a store. Um, we might have them placed at um, a not-for-profit clothing store. There mm-hmm. are different opportunities that we sure. can access in assessing their skills on site that make it advantageous to the client and, and figuring out themselves. Yeah, you know, I, I don't really think I like this as much as I thought I would. Or, you know what, I right. really like this. This is, like, awesome. I can hardly wait to work in this kind of work. Mm-hmm. And so that's an opportunity that we have that we can tap into. That really helps to assess the individual. Yeah. I think it's really important um, for a potential employer also to know um, the support that you're that you're there to provide as well. I think that's a very important piece, um, you know, that Definitely. the employer... I mean, one of the things that um, we really... Uh, work towards um, is building relationship with the employer through the job coach. And and that sounds a little egotistical, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. let let me explain that. Uh, When an employer, excuse me, connects with our agency, um, there's two relationships that are born through that. One is the relationship with the individual that they're hiring, typical Mm -hmm. to any other relationship that would be with a new hire, but the other relationship that they get, the bonus relationship, is the employer gets to have a job coach. And mm-hmm. that relationship is another level of support and actually a, a really good uh, safety net for the employer as well as the person that is a new hire. That mm-hmm. job coach relationship allows the employer to have another voice. So when things aren't going the way he would have expected, he, he can go to the job coach and say, help me make this better. Right. Also has the job coach who will come to him and say, 
how are things going? I know you have a busy schedule here. Is there anything that I can do for you to make this better for the individual Mm -hmm. that we support? Does he need more training? Are there other job opportunities that you might have for him that I can step in and help him learn? And and Mm -hmm. that's really a good um, opportunity to have that back and forth. So that relationship is there. That relationship, um, which may surprise a few of your listeners, um, sometimes leads to the job coach saying, um, I know you really like this guy, but this is not a good match for your organization. So really what we're doing is we're saying, this person doesn't belong here. It's not good for your business for this person to be here. And let me tell you, it's not good for them either because they're not feeling Mm -hmm. fulfilled in their job. They're not being proud of what they do because the job match isn't working out. So oftentimes, when it comes to letting somebody go, you will hear it from the job coach. Even before Mm. the employer even wants to even consider letting the person go, you will hear the employee... The job coach and, and, talking about that type of thing. And because the job coach has been through it more than once, they are likely to maybe recognize those things before other people. Absolutely. You know? Bang on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You have expertise yeah. in your workplace that you otherwise would not have. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, that's and I and I think that um I think from potential employers to really understand that I think that is um I think that's a huge part of 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 what you're doing to um that that support and that expertise that they're bringing to it is very important. We're going to go to another quick break um and then we want to hear, you know, about some of the people that you've worked with after the break. a contribution that you dream of making. In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Len focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Krista, what can you tell us about some of the folks that you've worked with? Um, JobTrack, actually, the, the program that I work with, has been in the Waterloo region since 2002. So it's a significant period of time. And I was fortunate enough to be part of the team that started the program. Mary was actually my manager at the time. She hired me, um, which was very nice of her. And... Um, I was I was there at, as a job coach till 2007. Left for a few years in another role, and then came back in 2013. What's been interesting to me coming back in the role of a manager at the Job Track program after all these years is that 
I'm beginning to kind of understand kind of the impact that we've had as a program. We've had a number of people, I can think of two or three people um, right off the bat, who've been in jobs uh, since 2002, 2003. And these are people... who didn't have extensive work experience, didn't have good employment history, may have been out of the workforce for some time. There's one gentleman who I actually just spoke to on the phone the other day. He called out of the blue um, just to see, you know, um, just to touch base. And we had Mm -hmm. placed him back in the winter of 2002, 2003. In fact, he was in our very first group of uh, folks that we supported at JobTrack. And we placed him actually at the bay in the receiving department, and he's still there. And he's turning mm. 65 in April, and now his choice is, you know, mm-hmm. do I retire or do I continue to work? And it's been a really successful um, position for him. And prior to him working with us and ge- getting that position, he hadn't worked in very many years um, and had wow. some challenges around uh, feeling disadvantaged and discriminated against, you know, because he just didn't have that uh, support and and background. The job coach who worked with him at the time, you know, she's still with our agency, and I was happy to actually report back to her the other day that I had heard from this gentleman and that he was still working. And those Mm -hmm. are the stories that really make it worthwhile for us to do our job because we know that one person at a time that it's actually making a difference, that there is an impact in the work that we do. For sure, for sure. You know, Lynn, there, there's, you know, you're asking for our success stories. We do have a lot of success stories, and I'd like to share a few of them. But I want mm-hmm. you to also um, have your listeners informed to the fact that sometimes it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not always something that we want to talk about. It's not something, you know, that helps increase our profile within the community to any extent. But... It is the reality of employment. People do lose their jobs. Um, Sometimes it's not pretty. Um, To that end, that's why we have a job coach that tries to stay Mm -hmm. involved. There are times when it just doesn't work. It's just not Mm -hmm. something that, you know, we can make fly or the employer can make fly. And so that's really something to be aware of, that just like everybody else, we have... um, good employment sites and sites that don't work out for whatever reason. Now, putting that aside, um, Mm -hmm. there are a number of individuals that I I could probably rant on for two hours if you had it. Um, We don't have to. (laughs) I know. So I'm just going to talk about um, actually just two people quickly. Um, We have one individual who um, works at a a horse farm, horse stable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of an interesting job because he actually works, um, you know, cleaning out the stalls and putting down the hay and, you know, making sure things are safe for horses. Um, And he's done that for quite a number of years to the point now where he actually oversees volunteers who come in and help out. So that's that's like like totally amazing. That is like a a real success story. It's really something that he loves leadership. is happy for that extra help. It's just worked out wonderfully. Um, Another uh, example is um, it's probably more so the employer having such a community mind um, really working with us. And he owns a trucking company. Um, And we approached him on hiring somebody to help, you know, keep things clean and organized. And um, Mm -hmm. he was really open to that. 
to the point where he has now offered a new employment opportunity for another participant. Yeah. So there's that success of growth. Once they have mm-hmm. seen what um, individuals we support can actually do on the job, once they have seen the value in the support that we provide as an agency, um, mm-hmm. there are individuals who say, yeah, you know what, this is like awesome. And he has actually created, he has opened a new facility and he has um, invited us to have opportunity um, to have another job with his organization. That's great. So we could go on, but those are two examples yeah. of wonderful success yeah. stories for our guys. Yeah, so th- there was certainly value to him in in being involved um, with the first situation to take that on again. So that, oh, absolutely. that's terrific. Yeah. yeah. So what then can I the public... Sorry. Oh, sorry? No, I think the examples We're... that Mary just gave you just goes to them and highlight that point that um, I think she'd made earlier is that when employers and companies get to know our folks, um, the people that we support as individuals and are able to recognize their skills and the contributions that they can make in the workplace, yeah. that's when the doors open, that's when eyes open to the fact that this is um, a good match, that people have giftedness, everybody has it, and the only difference is that maybe they're not able to identify that on their own, like maybe you and I can on our mm-hmm. own, so that's we step in as employment facilitators to help them to do those things, to identify what they do well, and hopefully to make right. that right match. Right. And and we'll, we'll leave that as our, our main message to our, our listeners. Um, I think that was very well uh, articulated there. We're just, we're just coming to the end of our show. Thanks so much for being with us and, and for sharing um, and making things a little bit clearer um, about what your work entails. So thanks so oh, thank much. Thank you for ladies. having us. It was wonderful chatting. Thank you. Yeah, Lynn. it went went by very quick, didn't it? It did. Lovely. Yeah. yeah thanks so much. We'll oh, talk to you again thank sometime. You, Lynn. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Uh, so next week our guest will be Paul Drillard. Um, he's a chartered accountant from DSK, uh, and the subject will be the perils of completing your own income tax return. Uh, so we're looking forward to uh, chatting with Paul at that time as well. Um, this is Lynn Wadham. The show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time.